In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm the Hag of Perwall. And I'm Ronnie. Ending Pending is typically a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're normally joined by my beautiful and handsome fiance, Evan, but he can't make it. Instead, we have a guest. We have a guest today, uh, all the way from Everrealm, all the way from the, the library, the tomes of Sanctum. We have with us our very own Paladin Jim. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. I'm a guest on a quest. It's Paladin Jim. Hey, you're a guest on what? Amazing. Yeah. So glad to be back on your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're you're a guest on uh, what I am calling, and apparently not Andy is calling, pending paladins. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot we had a new name. Pending (laughs) paladins. Pending pending is dead. It's dead. Along with pending paladins. We broke the system. Whatever shall you do? Yeah, I mean, the the, the terrible curse that we made after we rubbed that genie's lamp to do this podcast forever has been broken. Um, We're finally free. We're finally (laughs) free. But yet we we still get behind the microphone because there are amazing things to talk about. Specifically, talking about Season two of the quest. It's here. Season two. We did it. Six years in the making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, gosh, two years since we've since we've uh, last talked to you, Jim. I think so. I was thinking about that, and I had just moved back to Arkansas. So yeah. yes, it's been two years. Yeah. Um, we talk on Twitter though. We're, we're, yes, we're, the, we're the tweets. Buddies. We're good on the socials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As as you have to be with any any uh you know paladin from you know uh, a land far away and maybe in a different time who can really right? know how because fantasy works and the darkness comes back who's going to be there for exactly you? exactly you need paladins we needed paladins so we call it on our good friend paladin Jim uh Jim season two coming to Disney Plus as you predicted on Twitter the, the for, forget. Uh, Paladin Jim, I think I said it, it's Oracle Jim. It's it's Pontificator Jim over there. Um, Consulted my tea leaves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You predicted that uh, the Quest season two would make its way to Disney Plus. What? How does it feel to be so so right? I could not be more happy, and the fact that I made that prediction, I, I think I tweeted not too long ago how many hoops it would take for ABC to share the quest with Disney plus thinking that it would just be season one streaming. And then lo and behold, this glorious announcement after so much waiting, so much uncertainty and we got the closure that we wanted, but in the, with the answer that we had hoped and prayed for too, I was beside myself with excitement the day that I read the news. So I I know that y'all, Y'all paladins from from your season of the quest, keep in touch. Did anyone seem to be aware? Did, was there any whisperings or rumors that this might be happening at this point in time? None that were made clear to me. And I actually had the great fortune to sit down with Mark Ordesky and Jane Fleming, two of the executive producers behind the quest. We got together in October and caught up on life. And I got to ask some 
questions that I'd had burning in the back of my brain since filming ended about what they had wanted for season two, like what that wanted, what they wanted that to look like. And they, they said, never say never. And I stopped asking all the questions right there. (laughs) But again, I couldn't have guessed that this was the outcome that they were working towards. And none of the paladins had any clue to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, A big question I have is um, if you could change anything about season one going into season two, you know, someone, someone comes up and goes, Paladin Jim, executive producer credit. Here you go. What's the one, one thing you would change? Because I think there's a, quite a lot we would all want to keep the same. Right. You know, you mean nope. as far as story or anything, whether it be a behind the scenes Paladin experience, whether it be uh, story wise, what, what would you want to yeah. change? Give me two hour episodes every week and there we go. See all the just the life in Ever Realm that couldn't make it to air. Um, show us doing our laundry. Show us, I don't know, exploring the forests and give us all the uh, confessionals that we did in our little enchanted mirror confessional room. Oh man, if I there's so much I would want to keep the same. I I love the mythology. I love the story that these writers and producers have created. And I cannot wait to see how the ever realm that we love gets to grow and adapt to this new platform and this new audience. So I think we all want to see if possible, returning paladins as mentor or legend figures or some of the or some of the original NPCs like we'd love to see the queen we'd love to see Sir Ansgar if it's possible if it's not if for whatever reason they say we don't want to do that sort of thing what sort of subtle nods do you think that they could do to still pay homage to season one do you like? Do you think maybe Bonnie's song could be somewhere? Do you think I don't know? Is there a specific proper weapon that they could hide, or a tale they could tell on screen? Where if you know you're a diehard quest fan, if you're in the quest army, you'll pick up on it immediately. But maybe new newcomers will uh, be encouraged to go back. Sure, I think there are so many inside jokes that the quest army. Also, shout out to the Quest Army, the best fan base ever, in my opinion. Hell yeah. There are so many inside jokes that they share from, I would see a character in season two eating a plate of waffles or a cape swishing and flicking or (laughs) someone discovers a bottle of dragon's tears and they still ask the unending question of how do you make a dragon cry? (laughs) These are all very good. Uh, but no, Bonnie's song is fantastic. I would love to see that come back. Um, but as much as I would love to see the subtle nods, I would be more thrilled to see our beloved Everrealm denizens come back or see returning paladins, see something, some ties to season one, just so that we have that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think season one deserves closure. On Ending Pending, we have covered a lot of shows that, um, you know, they find out that they're getting canceled and they wrap it up neatly with a bow 
and uh, it, it's a satisfying conclusion. Or, you know what, they were still shooting for season two, but looking back, you can still be satisfied with the ending. I think the quest season one deserves closure. It deserves to have these these threads that were left open to to be addressed. And I very much hope that it's not just a reboot of the format, but that it's a continuation. Yes. And after that glorious little cliffhanger they gave us at the very end, too. I know. Mm. Six years. Mm. Six years. Whose hands were those? Whose hands untied the ropes? Was it yours, Jim? Did you do it? Oh, what a twist. What a twist. So put off by his banishment that he would unleash ultimate evil on Everrealm. That's a real pouting Jim move. I don't, I don't want to like point fingers at them, but I feel like that is. While bearing the mark of kindness, the heroic mark of (laughs) kindness, which is now tattooed to his left wrist. He's going to unleash the darkness on Everrealm. Listen, it's always the quiet kid, you know, it's always the one you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. I would never, for the record on this podcast, Jim would never do that. There is, you know, so much story there to be told yet. I mean, we talked last time about the amounts of lore that they created for the show and whether or not that was created, uh, you know, well in advance or whether it was created kind of on the fly as you constantly ask questions about the other kingdoms of Everrealm. There's, there's, you know, is it castle sanctum? Is it, is it one of the other kingdoms that we are going to now? And, and, you know, the, 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 the uh, paladins of castle sanctum are, are so revered that one of the other kingdoms decides that now, now we must rise up. Now we must bring up the, the paladins and, and, and this, this time around it's, it's, it's going to be some young folks going to be some, some teens. It sure is ha- new world order. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the young people will win apparently because it's going to be all young people. What, how, what, how do you think that changes how this game is played? It's such a interesting dynamic to see this be one of the major shifts between season one and season two. And I don't think I could have told you that teens had one of the largest viewing demographics of season one, but I absolutely love hearing that. Um, as a teen librarian right now, I work at a public library doing teen programming and teen services and ordering teen materials for the library. I couldn't be more thrilled that we're getting teen paladins uh, to see a new generation take on the role of hero. I think it's exactly what the world needs right now, not just Everrealm, but the world that we live in. We need more heroes and young. We need young heroes too, so that they can grow into their adult hero self as well. And I know a lot of people don't, I think the news that it was going to be teens was somewhat of a disappointment to some just because if I weren't in season one, I would want to audition for season two, no doubt. Um, but I think it's very, very important that we support and encourage these teens because it's going to be such a life changing experience for them and their, their whole life will be forever changed because of the quest. I know mine was. My, my first reaction was 
oh, that's awesome. And then my second reaction was, oh, I guess I can't audition. <laughs> but as someone who, who helps run a LARP, when I see, uh, I was going to say young kids, but I guess teens are young kids, right? Sure. Or young That's adults, I would adults. say. Okay, when I, see, when I see young adults, when I see teens come to game for the first time and, and figure it out and figure out like, oh, this is playing pretend like when I was younger, but on a bigger scale, when that like clicks for them and they get into it, it is so cool. It is yeah. the absolute coolest thing. And to take what is essentially the highest budget LARP ever, bring it back and say, you know what, we're going to aim this at young adults, we're going to aim it at teens. I think that's awesome. I think that's going to do um, a lot for the hobby that is LARP. I think it's going to do a lot for uh, the quest as a whole with aiming it at a, at a new demographic, at kids who were too young to watch the original. Uh, I think that's really cool. 100%. And if we could share our season one story with that same audience, it would make, it would make my day, but to see them continue the legacy, to continue the quest, I, I'm just so excited for them. And we don't even know their names yet. I have confidence in, in the casting process though. They, they did such a fantastic job. Um, sorry, that's, that sounds kind of conceited from me, but <laughs> looking outward, they had such a diverse cast in season one from all walks of life, from all different fandoms. And I just so look forward to seeing not only the diversity of, of people and character of the new group of paladins, but to see what fandoms they are representing because they're just five times as many more, 10 times, hundred times as many fandoms as there were six years ago. I, I do think that, um, the quest was, was ahead of its time with its casting. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the NPCs and then the paladins themselves, uh, there are people, uh, of all walks of life. Um, Skin color didn't matter, age didn't matter, um, male, female, gender, it didn't matter. It was just a, a whole bunch of people, and it, I think it really showed that anyone can be a hero, and I think that's huge. Uh, something that I hope for in Season 2, I would love to um, see some queer identities on there in Everrealm, whether that's... Uh, you know, a, a brave character like Sir Ansgard just kind of subtly mentions that he has a husband uh, would be cool. And that's not just because I have a huge crush on Sir Ansgard. It doesn't have to be him. It could be just be another character like that. But um, I, I would really love to see that. I hope that's something we get in season two. 100%. And I have no doubt that we will get to see all walks of life, whether it's an ever realm or not, whether it's our world coming to theirs. But I 100% agree with that. that. That is visibility that I would love to see. And I think looking at teens these days, it's such a more second nature. It's more easier. To, it's easier to talk about. It's easier to be yourself. So I would just love to see that. It would make I, my heart happy. 
I would hope that um, we're at a point where a teenager could feel comfortable and confident enough to, you know, say that on on television, you know, to to, to live their truth on TV. Uh, I imagine that would be very scary. I know I wasn't at that place when I was a teenager, but um, that'd be remarkable it, to show how far we've come that in, you know, 2020 on a show like the quest, uh, you know, it, it seemed to be open about that. That'd be fucking cool. And I think 100%. that would, I think that would say a lot about the, as you said, whether it's ever realm or whether it's another world that, you know, I, from talking with other paladins and talking with you, Jim, I know that this world that was created for you, that, that you came in to, to save, to be the, to, to, to compete, to be the, the one true hero kind of brought the best out of you it, it, it made you want to be the champion that the the people of, of castle sanctum thought you were or, or or knew you were um and if they do the same kind of work in season two as they did in season one i can only imagine that would be even more so whether whether it's you know on tv or just by living in this world would give one of these young people that opportunity, that, that confidence to stand up and, and, and be who they truly are. It absolutely would, would be thrilling and not to turn this back on myself, but I was 21 when we filmed season one and I was timid. I was shy. I was uncertain with myself. And over the next six years of my life, seven years of my life, the quest was such a turning point in my personal journey, it gave me the confidence to come out to friends and family. It gave me the confidence to say that on a podcast. And I could not be more thrilled with the person that I have become because of the quest, because of the love and support that those who watched season one give to all the paladins. That's, that's so cool that it had that sort of impact on you. That's, that's remarkable. It, it truly did. And it showed me that there's no wrong way to be a hero. That was such an, an overarching question of season one was what makes a hero? I will be interested to see if that's the overarching question of season two. If we'll get a new question, there's just a lot of things that are so uncertain about season two. Why are there, why is there a need for paladins to return to Everrealm? What is the state of Everrealm? that they will be returning to. I, I would, I'm curious to see what sort of ways the real world influences ever realm going into season two. Um, last time we talked to you, you expressed the, the feeling that the world needs a show like the quest now more than ever. Two years later, I feel exactly the same way. I do too. Um, and uh, I, I think these kids who are growing up um, in the world right now and who are going to be these paladins, uh, they've seen a lot of shit recently. Um, I imagine punk music is going to be pretty heavy the next couple years. Um, and so There's I'm just going to be a giant cat meme on the castle's walls that they'll have to interpret. I'm, I'm curious to see how Everrealm is doing and the world that our heroes are stepping into. 
yeah, it's, are there new threats? Are there new, does our world influence the state of Everrealm? If so, Everrealm needs a lot of help. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just thematically speaking, but if if the worlds are kind of tied together, I, I I think that'd be wild. That'd be some crazy lore. Most definitely, I have a, I would have a lot more questions than <laughs> I'm looking at season one. The fact that Everrealm was in such dire peril that they had to turn to our world to look for its heroes. I don't mean to sound like Everrealm in danger again, but it sure sounds like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I am worried that everyone was in trouble. I'm so excited. I just want to watch it. Right? But I love that it's coming to Disney Plus, and the way that that platform has been releasing its shows, it will still give us the feel of as if it were airing on television. I'm hoping to see it released a week at a time or so, so that we still have those cliffhanger moments where what's going to happen next? Who's going to advance and do well in the next challenge and I think honestly I, I think that's the way to do it absolutely i think that's going to be essential um if nothing else but for like the conversation um online in, in the quest army um that that's kind of what was so fascinating going week to week um uh, and and hearing about what's happening what's going on oh no this person got banished oh no like Oh, this person's still here. Thank goodness. Like, you know, just the the back and forth, that dialogue. It's it's what made the Quest Army so strong. And I would say that's why that the show is coming back because that that group of fans, that amazing group of fans, were so passionate about it and ha- have remained passionate about it for these past six years. I think making sure that you can not stretch out the conversation, don't do it, you know, just to just to milk it, but to to give each episode a little bit of breathing room. Um, I think that's going to be absolutely essential to the success of it. 100%. I think if you look at two really big shows in pop culture recently, you have the Mandalorian and you have the Witcher. The Mandalorian was able to stay in the public consciousness for so long because it aired weekly and every week there were new baby Yoda memes every week. There were, there were new things to talk about where the Witcher, well, absolutely phenomenal was done in a weekend and you binged it. You went to work the next day and you said, Oh, did you finish the Witcher yet? Oh yeah. I got one episode left. Okay, cool. And then the next day you talk and it, that person's caught up and the conversation's over. There's nothing more to talk about. We'll so, coin to your Witcher song for the next week, and then you move on. It, it, with the quest being on Disney Plus, and then having a weekly model, I think that'll keep the conversation fresh every week uh, for people, and uh, it'll be way easier, I think, to get new fans in on it too. Because instead of saying, "Oh, the show came out," and you have to watch ten episodes to get caught up as it's airing, you say, "Oh, hey, this show came out," and it's only three weeks in. It's only four weeks in. You can catch up with a new episode. What will the baby Yoda of the quest season two be? Uh, some sort of little like goblin or gnome, perhaps. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. From from your lips to Disney Plus's ears that they have like a, a, a gnomish or a goblin Creo. Yeah, I think, I think I think Creo was the baby Yoda. Of 
but props to the creature department. I, I am so looking forward to seeing what new monstrosities they can make for season two. Give me some of that nightmare fuel. Right? You called yourself the Hag of Pergwall at the start of the episode, and I am triggered. <laughs> understandably. Understandably. It, 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 Still have nightmares about the doors. Ooh, it's haunting. Oh, uh, yeah. It's remarkably upsetting. In the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the things I did, I had the very good fortune of going back to North Vienna to the Berg Kreuzenstein where the quest was filmed and to walk in the woods where the hag's hut once stood and just see empty foliage was very unsettling. Yeah, that's almost even spookier. Very spooky. The Hall of Fates was gone. The hag's hut, everything was wiped and it was just reclaimed woods. And it just added to the, the magic of Everrealm because it appeared when it needed to and was gone the next. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm just reading Philosophical Trends in the Feminist Movement by Anuradha Gandhi. Why don't you have a seat and we'll discuss the shortcomings of Western feminism and how we can address these issues. Johnny! Johnny, what what are you doing in my house? I'm sorry, I I don't have a fireplace. I don't live in like a petite bourgeois like mansion with a fireplace. I have a mouth to lung setup. I was going to look all cool. I have a smoking jacket. Listen, we, we, we have to... This is an audio medium. They can't see all of this. We, if you, if you want to do a promo, why don't we just do a promo? Fine, because you know it's sexist for me to be doing it alone, anyways. Hi, welcome to Comradical. I'm Haley Rose, and this is my co-host Johnny Samuvati. This is an educational podcast about socialism and you. We take high-concept ideas and bring them down into more easily digestible humorous bits so that you can maybe get a handle on some of these theories. We go over how having a materialist understanding of the world around you can help make the world a little bit brighter for you and a little bit better for everyone else. We air every other Thursday only on Lunar Light Studio. So tune in. Seize the means. Stay calm, radical. challenges that you think you'd want to see again every so often uh survivor recycles a challenge um to kind of pay homage to it and it's um while it's happening jeff probes will like call out the stats of famous survivors who competed in it before oh right how how they did like anything like that you'd want to see again um maybe not necessarily in the same way but just an homage to a challenge that you really liked in season one or that you thought was clever. Gosh, there were so many interesting challenges between general challenges and fates challenges. I would love to see the three main skills come back in some capacity. The three main being sword, horse and archery. Um, Chances are they will test the new paladins in those three areas just to get a base sense of their aptitude. Like they did the season one paladins. But if I had to pick a specific challenge that I wanted to see come back, give me a tournament any day. Yeah. But that was back before things got bad. That was before the queen was poisoned. Things were still good. Hmm. I loved, I loved the tournament, but 
the one that I wanted to do the most was the the hawk challenge using the the masks to do the castle grounds from a hawk's perspective and then go seek out the the fire bombs. That was such a clever use of technology in a fantasy setting. Like we all knew it was drones, but the the mask and how it was just neat. It was just a really clever use of technology. Um, I have seen LARPs do that now, by the way. Really? Um, some friends of mine run a uh, Pacific Rim-esque uh, like Kaiju uh, Jaeger type LARP. And essentially uh, to do the Jaegers, they have someone wear uh, a big ass robot costume with a GoPro and then the people piloting it are sitting in a pre-built control room and there is a miniature city that they have built and so the the pilots are sitting at the controls looking through the GoPro camera while the person who is the robot is in another room smashing slash defending. Oh, so, how cool. Yeah. That's so it, clever. Very similar mechanic to the hawk and the mask and the, the, the drone. And while I will say this, while I know just as much about season two as the next person, I think one thing we have to look forward to is the advancement in the way they will seamlessly incorporate new technologies into the magic and world of Everrealm that they couldn't incorporate into season one. They, they had all these grand ideas, but no way to execute them. And I think that we're going to get a lot of those in season two. I remember being blown away by the projections in season one. Yes. And projection technology has come a huge way. Drone technology has come a huge way. I remember thinking, uh, season one that like, Oh wow, that's incredible that they can do that with a drone. Drones have leapt leaps and bounds in the six, seven years since season one was filmed. So yeah, I can only imagine that they're going to keep getting creative and thinking outside the box for how they do stuff. The fact that they 3d mapped the entire castle wall to project that all seeing eye around the castle courtyard. I think the, I think they will definitely pursue projection, even in just the, the interactions with paladins um, and how they are, how the world reveals itself to the paladins themselves. The, the primary, gosh, I just want everyone to come back. I want the fates back. I want the queen and Creo and Ansgar and the vizier. Those actors did such a phenomenal job and I would love to see them reprise their roles. Absolutely. I was going to say the, the primary technological advancement I'm looking forward to is getting as many uh, pixels into that camera as we possibly can to see every single bead of sweat on Ansgar's beautiful, beautiful forehead. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, the NPCs of this show, I, I am, I am firmly in the camp that, the paladins made this show that, that the paladins were given, you know, I, I want to say script, but certainly we're not given a script, but given, no. given a framework, given, given this world to play in and, and y'all just like crushed it with how you were able to, to make this show what it was. Um, 
those NPCs from, from what we've heard from you and, and, and Patrick and it's, it's just, you know, the, the guidance, the support, the, you know, the, the never wavering from uh, keeping in character just to remind you that like, no, these stakes are real here. Like do not, do not get it twisted. Like this Truly, is happening. You gain that mentality. The longer you're in ever realm, the, the, the more I was living in that castle, the more, you are forced to accept that this is your new reality. This is the world that you have to adapt to. And if you don't, you will be banished. So again, I think that will fall on the casting of these new team paladins and how expressive they are because we will learn about the world through them. So hopefully we will get a new crop that is just as excited and eager to tell us Every single detail. I'm looking forward to the new Paladin gym that asks so many questions to even the, the, the actors that can't break character in, in front of them to test their knowledge of the mythology and script because I'm not there to do it myself. <laughs> uh, something that would just really get me excited too about the quest coming back is to see some merchandise. Um, I know when they announced Clone Wars coming back to Disney Plus, my first thought was like, sweet there's going to be so many clone wars t-shirts i can buy there's going to be uh you know i'm I'm a big fan of star wars tabletop games so i'm like there's going to be some finally some more like clone wars themes rpgs and stuff and i'd love to see that for the quest i want uh a freaking goblet i want uh, a tank top i want an rpg book like give me some quests let me run my own quest at home with my friends absolutely and while I would love to see official merchandise, if you dig deep enough, you will find some fan-made um, t-shirts and whatnot on clothing platforms. I, I rock a uh, Support Your Kingdom t-shirt, and it's got the Mark of Kingdom aura on it. I got a gorgeous print that has the three fates standing in front of their windows. Mm. So the fans, again, the artists, the Quest Army artists and writers have blown us out of the water over the last six years with the amount of fan created content. But yes, I would absolutely love to see official stuff. I, I have seen the fans make stuff for Questmas every year in the quest army. Very and, um, it always blows me away. I am foolish for having not thought of asking in Facebook group first of like, yo, anyone got, got the hookup on some, uh, black market quest tank tops. <laughs> I should have, I should have thought. By the way, uh, pending pals, you have heard us talk about the Quest Army uh, nonstop. If you are not a member, you should join. Uh, you should be as amped up as we are for season two. And they are just some of the nicest, most lovely fans I have ever interacted with. I am used to Star Wars fans who are all goblins and angry and <laughs> awful people. Uh, and the Quest has the nicest fans in the world. It's they really amazing. are. How'd we get so lucky? Y'all made a really good product. Yeah. Sure y'all told a really beautiful and encouraging story. And y'all worked and together so well. Yeah. You just encouraged each other and worked together and, and were so invested in, in not really, I mentioned, you know, that this is a game, but weren't really interested in playing the game. We're interested in lifting each other up because maybe your neighbor was the one true hero. And it was more important that, that that person make it to the battle than, than for you to, you know, game the system and, and, and come out on top. 
it's, yes. you know, it, 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 we talked about it before, but it's what we need right now is that idea of just, you know, looking around and seeing how you can use your gifts, your skills to make someone else better, make someone else's job easier. And even if it means that you don't, you know, get everything that you so desire, it's going to be better for the fate of this world. Well said. Yeah, that that belief that the one true hero needs to be the one to make it to the end. And I think I'm it, but if I'm not and I end up there, then everyone is doomed. And so I need to be willing to put my own desires, you know, away and step back if that's what's called of me so that the one true hero can can be found. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's really, really lovely storytelling. And to have that be quote unquote, a reality show, um, which is typically all about me getting mine and I'm going to do what I can to win, even if it's underhanded. Um, that's, that's awesome. It is beautiful. I would remind you, not to forget the curveballs that were thrown to the paladins of season one. For example, picking teams for the <laughs> battle dome only to realize that they would become your competitors. Yes. This is so true. I think that the season two paladins will be tested in very similar ways, but to see them all come together in a grand conclusion would be the perfect grace note. I I do hope that um, some format is copied from season one, where I loved how the first half of the season was training for war, and then the second half, you know, there's that mid-season finale where the castle gets attacked and the queen gets poisoned and stuff, and then the paladins are on the run, yeah, I would. I would love to see something similar happen. Obviously, not the same because I want to be surprised like everyone else who's watching it for the first time. But I love that idea of things are peaceful and these these challenges are training. You know, it's not life and death. And then, oh no, it's on. And you know, these challenges are now the fates testing you, but in real life in battle. I thought that was really cool. I always viewed it as a, I agree with you. This was, let me preface by saying that I always viewed it as a sort of three act play where after my banishment, we had a couple of votes under our belts and we said, okay, the innocence of the world is now gone. We, we are, this is a competition and we are, we have this expectation of what it means to be a paladin now. And then yes, up to the point where the castle is overrun by Verlocks the end of act two and then the, the glorious act three with the final battle. Absolutely. I would love to see format return. I'm ready to be scared again. Mm, what scared you the most in season one? <sighs> that's, that's tough. Um, I think to some degree, I was very afraid that the banished paladins would not return. 
I distinctly remember watching it and being um, bummed as my favorite, you know, ones got voted out. And I just assumed that they wouldn't be back. I'm very happy I was wrong about that. Yeah, uh, it was great seeing everyone in the final battle, and that was just such a um, triumphant finale. Um, and then there were definitely monsters that gave me the spooks. Um, the the hag probably being the top one, but um, I think the ogre got me the most. Running around in the woods at four a.m. only to have an ogre of that magnitude come out at you was, yeah, I will still look around myself in any outdoor situation now. The, uh, yeah. the Rana got me the Rana. only yes. because of like the uncertainty, like the, the sheer numbers, the, you know, concern that like the four paladins wouldn't just like when they were surrounded, weren't going to just like go off and just like tackle one of these, these, these things. Uh, and what that could mean, like, in in an in-world way and in a very out-of-world way, um, they, uh, they, that was, that was really something, you know, these, these people who, you know, they, they were, they were treading on, on land that wasn't theirs and they had to, had to, had there to answer a, for that. There was a language barrier too there, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's always, that's always stressful. They did uh, speak common. And the vizier could speak Rana, as we learn later. So who knows what other, between ogres and dragons and hags and banshees and Rana, we have the established creatures of the Marwood Forest and Everrealm, but I look forward to learning what else is out there. If you had to pick a big bad for season two... Whether it's a new character or a returning one, what's uh, what's your preference? I just had a Twilight Princess moment in which Zelda was possessed by Ganon. Show me the Vizier possessed by Verlocks. Mm. That'd be pretty pretty rad. A little a little bit of a Professor Quirrell thing there of like you can, mm. you don't understand the power that you are you are kind of playing with here. Just eat into that. I just don't like the vizier. I still don't trust no. him. No, he's 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 scummy. I mean, trust I love Marcello. I hate the vizier. <laughs> Good on you. You you are. I mean, there there are literally what twelve of you that are able to make that distinction. Um, <laughs> the rest of us are just you know thumbs down all around. Right. As as, as a bad dude. Hey, the vizier has a following. They really the army. Yes, there are fans of the Vizier and the Quest Army. Mm. Do they do they believe he's evil and like him anyway, or are they like, no, Vizier's good? Like it's too obvious. I would hope for the former. <laughs> we'll have to ask them. I I distinctly speaking of fears, I distinctly being remember being afraid that Creo was evil. Yep. In season one. Creo and that was such a fear of mine. Adult. I know. I know he is. And if he had been doing an act the entire time, it would have broken my heart. Uh, just, I'm Team Creo. Just speaking, just speaking of fears from season one, I was so afraid he was evil. 
That would have messed me up. I mean, we, I know. we, we talked I about it two years ago. ever again. We talked about two years ago. That possibility still exists. We don't, uh, know, we don't know whose know. hands those are. Don't do it, it can't be Creo. I don't want it to be Creo. It uh, was the queen. No, uh, what if it was her thought to be dead brother? There's, I don't know. There's so we're getting really deep in the mythology now. Yeah, we're getting into lore that, I'm sh- that possibly only you and like one <laughs> other showrunner knows. I pay attention. I ask questions. <laughs> Getting information. I, uh, for season two villains, and like this would, I would hate this, but I love uh, when makeup or costume changes is used to denote character growth. And I would love to um, see an Ever Realm that has fallen on possibly very hard, very difficult times, Oof. and a very militant Ansgar in charge. And, um, possibly uh you know law above people he's lost sight of what's important he's lost sight of what it means to be a hero and he maybe not be the big bad but maybe be like um uh an antagonist before the big bad and they have to win him back well sure ansgar is is the one who trained the original paladins and the original one true hero for for these these teens to come in and expect to be able to get respect. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Ansgar is going to just hop on that. Some give him some, to fill. give mm-hmm. him some gray, give him an eye patch, give him some scars. <laughs> and, um, I do think too, that with an older, more grizzled, more militant Ansgar having teen heroes come in and have to show him again, what it means to be a hero could be really thematic. It the hopefulness of each. Of- the hopefulness of youth. I like that. But part of me is selfish. Sure. Part of me is selfish in that I don't want to see that time has passed in Ever Realm, <laughs> but life goes on, the world goes on. But time probably works very differently. We could be who's to say that the season two paladins don't go to an Ever Realm that happens before the season one paladins. Ooh. That would be trippy. Some Narnia shenanigans up Ooh. in there with, with time working differently. As we talk about, um, you know, wanting to lift somebody up to be that one true hero. Even if it's not myself, I'm going to work hard to make sure um, that that person is going to rise up. And, and if it's, you know, if it's not me, it would be disastrous. If I'm the person who is up to the task, I, I'm just uh, following the results in New Hampshire and feeling very, oh, yeah. uh, very like, Ooh, Ooh, that is, that is poignant. That is a uh, very direct. Oh. <laughs> Not to not to bring it to that place, but but I mean that it is very much echoes a world that I wish we lived in. You know, I um, I'm sure every country has has their issues, but I I do envy the international quest fans who aren't also dealing with the garbage fire sure. that is the U.S. political system right now. Um, when I say like we need the quest now more than ever, I just like we need an escape. Everything's on fire here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But in in brighter notes, in in better, better, brighter futures ahead, um, these these young people are going to kind of really embody a a new sense of hopefulness. I mean that that is what any any narrative structure any reality structure that that 
turns to young people uh, when that has not been the norm um, definitely goes there with, you know, that narrative of hopefulness of, of, you know, moving forward of, of, of passing the torch Um, as you, Jim, not to, not to put too fine a point on it as you pass the torch, so to speak. um, What advice do you want to give to, uh, to the people who will be the new paladins, the, the new quest questers to be the one true hero? My advice to future paladins, you know, I actually wrote a letter to them. I wrote a letter to dear future paladin. I don't have it in front of me, but I did write a letter. You, you did write a letter. I, uh, I saw when you posted it and, um, I read it and it made me, uh, very emotional and in a very good way that, um, you know, it, it's really cool that we have this opportunity to cheer on these kids as they, as they go on this adventure. And, um, I, I hope that the, the quest army and the fans all over embrace not just the new contestants, but also the new fans who are going to be coming in. The advice I would give them is that this is going to be a life changing experience for you. I don't expect those teens to have their lives figured out going into Everrealm. I certainly didn't, but on the other side of it, I am such a better person. I am more proud of myself now having lived through the quest and I'm on the other side of it than I was going into it. And we are going to support them on the quest. We're going to encourage them after the quest, but I want them to embody all 12 heroic attributes of courage and leadership and strategy and the ones that the marks weren't awarded for, like kindness and honesty and deliberation. Give me paladins that I can root for. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. I think there's going to be a lot of new people coming into this phantom. And uh, when you're part of a small-ish fandom and all of a sudden it gets popular out of nowhere. Uh, it can be a little intimidating and it can be, um, a little off putting of like, I've been here for six years and you just showed up now. Mm. Now that it's been put on a streaming service and that can be intimidating to have a bunch of new fans showing up, um, when you've liked it for so long and they've only just heard about it. But, uh, you know, let's do our best to be welcoming. More people coming into the sandbox just means the sandbox got a lot more fun. Um, and let's let's embrace the new fans and the new paladins together. Definitely. I, I welcome anyone that loves and supports the quest because not only is the quest about paladins becoming heroes, the quest is about how viewers can be heroic in their own day-to-day lives. And we've seen that tenfold in the original Quest Army. And I'm confident that those behind the show and those that watch the show will grow more heroes from these new viewers as well. It's going to be a wild ride, boys. It sure is. It sure is. Can't I'm wait. very excited to take it with, take this ride with, you know, my independent friends, the pen and pals out there, the Quest Army, all of my paladin, my pending paladin pals. Um, it's, you know, it, 
we we have the opportunity here that uh that that none of us had in in 2014 of just you know kind of knowing what's ahead of us a little bit um being prepared being excited for it and you know these these new paladins are going to be the better for it because they're going to have the biggest cheer squad um of any any reality show contestant or otherwise has ever had i'm so excited for for their journey ahead for our journey ahead you know we we joke about our corporate overlords and 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 how disney is 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 taking over but when when they get it right they get it right this was such a great grab more reason to be thankful for disney sure plus i'm one step closer to becoming an official disney prince now right there you go i'd rather That's be a disney true. paladin disney paladin yeah well um so now we we are going to embark on this. We are going to be watching. Uh, keep it keep it tuned to ending pending. Keep it tuned to uh, to to uh, Pout and Jim. Pout and Jim. How can people follow you? How can people stay in touch with you as we we embark on this journey together? Uh, and is there anything you would like to plug? Absolutely. I will be posting news about future castings and any ever realm quest related news to my Facebook page, Paladin Jim on Twitter. I'm at Jim, the librarian, and I just opened up my Instagram to public again at Paladin Jim. So there will be much quest posting. I feel like that's all I talk about these days, but I will continue to share forthcoming news on those platforms. Excellent. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the time. Yes. Thank this you all awesome. for continuing the quest. I'm sorry we broke your podcast. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it going to be okay. okay. We we sorry, were not sorry. We were planning on breaking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, this 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 podcast has been broken for a long yeah. fucking time. Um, and uh, yeah, if it had to be any show, I'm glad it was the quest. Absolutely. It's a joy to talk to you all again. Thank you for having me. You can follow Ending Pending on Twitter at PendingPod. You can follow Ending Pending on Facebook at PendingPod, on Instagram at EndingPending, and you can send an email if you want to give your pitch for what challenges should pop up in Season 2 for what the best new big bad monster should be in Season 2 of the Quest. Uh, send that email along to PendingPod at gmail.com. Uh, we are, of course, part of the Lunar Light Studio Podcast Network. Check out all the awesome pods on there, such as Deck of Friendship, such as Trans Questioning, Fish in the Percolator, uh, so many more, all available at LunarLightStudio.com. And as we always say, don't tell Creo that the Grand Vizier is not actually evil and it was Creo the whole time. What, no. a, what a what a I twist to the ending there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was he was Don't possessed. He was possessed by Creo. How about that? No, no, Creo's a good, a good boy. No, I don't want it. I'm just trying He's to make controversy. <laughs> oh, Creo's the best. Creo. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. 